0: you've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leia's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Adventures in Mysticism. Thank you for tuning in. Today I am here with Minerva Maharaj and she is... Just an amazing woman that I have had so many different experiences with in the short time that we have known each other. We have had such a journey together. You know, we started out um, student teacher. So I was teaching Minerva's coaching skills. And then we ended up uh, being on faculty together at a coach training school. And then she hired me as her coach. And then she started her own coach training school called Starseed, and I am now one of the advisors of the school. So we have had quite a journey together and last week Minerva was actually also on the Spiritually Architect the Future Summit and so we've added yet another journey and so here we are podcasting together. So I'm excited to add one more thing to our list of <laughs> collaborations. Thank you. I feel very honored to be here. I just wanted to say thank you for having me. Of course. And what is so awesome is we've never met in person. Minerva lives in Canada and I'm <laughs> in the States. <laughs> That's so funny because it feels
2: like you've been in every area of my life in some shape or form that when you say that it's like, really, we haven't. Cause it feels like we have met, like it's been such a close relationship in so many ways.
1: That's I so would funny. absolutely feel the same way. One of my soul sisters.
2: Yeah,
1: that's exactly how to say it. <laughs> yes. Completely <laughs> beautiful. Well, so Minerva, and I obviously know who you are. Please tell the listeners who you are.
2: Uh, well, I am a certified spiritual coach. I am a professional certified coach through the ICF. I'm owner of Goddess of Wisdom Spiritual Life Coaching, as well as owner and founder of Starseed Academy Coach Training. And I'm on a mission to show the impossible. That's really what it comes down to. Um, since I was a little girl, when people said something wasn't impossible, I was like, Why? it angered me i didn't understand it and deep down in my little soul i just made anything possible i didn't even know i was a manifester at the time through human design um, but when i look back it makes so much sense when things um like shook me to the core in terms of when people said you can't do that you got to wait till you graduated. you you got to put off that dream and blah, blah blah and i'll be like why why i do not understand why and i even It made me go even harder to get that dream. And I made, I made shit happen all the time. Um, and basically that's what I'm on a mission to do. And it just, it lines up to, I had a meditation years ago of what is my soul's purpose and it's to show the impossible. And it didn't make sense. Um, until I really leaned into that more in my coaching program, I have a group coaching program called live your impossible. Um, Is the essence of that, and really the essence of all the work I do, whether it's training spiritual coaches or working with my clients one on one, whatever you feel in your soul, whatever is pulsing and bursting within your soul, is meant to come here into the physical. You're meant to live that out. So, whatever feels impossible or you've been told is impossible is your possible. That's why the word itself says, I'm possible. So I'm here to show you that, to facilitate that, and yeah, to show you how and to make it a reality. So
1: that's me. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Absolutely. And you do that for, you do that in your own life as well. So you're modeling it as well as doing it for others. Yeah. And, you know, I just have to share this story. So I had led Minerva through a, custom kind of future oriented meditation in which this idea bubbled forth for her to open this coaching school. And it took how long before that happened? Oh Lord. I remember the date. It was
2: January 13th. You facilitated this meditation mind you is the same day I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so much just unfolded that day. January 13th, we found, I found out and I shared everything with you right away. because You're just the soul sister. I'm like, by the way, I'm pregnant. By the way, I'm opening a school. Um, April 1st, everything we opened the doors, we had people signing up the day first day. So what's that? One, two, three months. Yeah, And this
1: is you all, you know, if you haven't created curriculum and you haven't done something like that, it's an intense amount of work to create an entire curriculum for a six month program that is detailed. And that takes people through this journey of not just learning some coaching skills, but also of, you know, their own personal development journey, because if you're a spiritual coach, you kind of have to know who you are and have gone through some, some of your own trials and and figured out some things so that you can hold that space for others. And then also to have that aspect of it, that, that helps people to really get their business up and running. And so, you know, to do that in the amount of time that it was done in, I was like, wow, look at what this girl can make possible. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Yeah.
2: Really true to that. And with help, right? Like I need the support. I need the help. And you were such a crucial part in that with helping with the development of all of that, um, yeah, I couldn't have done it without you. And yeah, it just, it makes me feel, it makes me alive. Like my soul comes alive and I put my heart and soul and literally into everything I do. Um, Yeah. So thank you for that. And it's so nice to hear that repeated back because when you're in it, sometimes even as a manifester, I know we're talking a lot about manifester stuff right now. Sometimes I don't understand the impact. Of it. And I don't, I, I'm sure you know about that. And then there's days where, you know, I have another teacher of the school being like, Minerva, do you not realize what you're doing in people's lives? I'm like, no, sometimes I don't know. And sometimes I need to hear it back. <laughs> so,
1: right. Well, yeah. yeah. And so as a manifester in human design, you're only 8% of the population and you're meant to initiate, you know, you're meant to help manifest things into. The third dimension, and so you've aligned perfectly with what your design came here to to do, and your soul, right? your soul and your uh, design are one.
2: Yeah, yes.
1: Yes. Beautiful. So let's dig in and talk about some of this mystical stuff that's happened in your life. Love what it, is the first mystical experience you recall having? There were a lot, uh,
2: but one of the first that come to mind actually showed up in a dream. I want to say dream, but I also, I feel like I was in a semi sleeping state. Like I was awake, but asleep at the same time, probably in the light stage. I'm not sure what that stage is called. Um, Do we call that lucid dreaming? I think so. Yeah. I didn't want to say the wrong names. I know you had an expert who knows about dreaming and <laughs> is on the show. So yeah. So it was like that lucid dreaming and the- there was this image of, you know, the price is right when you do the big wheel, <laughs> so there, but it wasn't the price is right. So I was on this show in my dream and I spun this wheel and really for a long time in my life, I never felt like it was the girl who won. The prize. Do you know what I mean? Like I oh, always God. miss the cusp of, on certain things, and so, anyways, in the dream, it hit like the jackpot of the, of the the highest thing you can get on this wheel, and there was like confetti and everything, and I was like, "Ooh!" I just remember this is one of the first dreams I that, that really stood out to me, and it felt so real. Mm-hmm. And with in that same day, now in my waking hours. Um, I was in university at the time, didn't finish university, but I was in university at the time and I ended up getting a call from which I auditioned for. So I I was expecting a call for the NBA, Toronto Raptors dance pack. Now, since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a dancer before I discovered my real calling as a spiritual coach. But for the longest time, I wanted to be a famous dancer and actress and had that dream the, the night or morning of. And then when I went to school, I got a call from the head coach of the dance team and says, congratulations, you made the team. And it literally felt like that where it's like confetti was falling. And it was like, but it was almost like I was in the dream. You know, you want to like scream, but you can't scream sometimes. That's how it felt in real life. But I was just, I was just so excited and overwhelmed, but I was just like, holy, like, it was just almost like I went into this warp, like a different zone when I got this, the the news. So that to me, there was something going on, like forewarning and, and like a premonition or mm-hmm. um, tell me this is about to happen. It was just so aligned. And that's why I really lean into trusting my dreams. It may not always be in the literal sense, but also um, sometimes it does tell me what's going on or what's about to happen or the deeper meaning behind my experiences. But yeah. That was one of those moments that really stood out for me of Tommy, this is about to happen and it happened. And it just felt like an outer body, <laughs> not a human experience, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And you had, you had dreamed you had known it was going to happen, but not directly because of the way that the dream came. Yes. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> so you you mentioned like before I did what my soul wanted me to do I was a dancer. I actually think we're multidimensional. And so, you know, being that dancer was part of your soul's calling in some respect. And that for was you. what was right for like divine timing, right? That was right for that time in your life. And then this is right for this time in your life. And who knows what you'll be making possible from the impossible 10 years from now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I already know what's gonna happen there in the future in that sense. But
2: yeah, but it's so true. Like there was a while I would um, you know, look back on that because there were some negative imprints on that, like memories around you know, being in the entertainment business, around you know, weight issues and things being told to me and the criticism and rejection that takes a toll. So when I had, and I, the moment I had decided to leave, I mean, literally from when I was like, I can remember walking or dancing. I was five, six years old. That's all I wanted to do my entire life. So it wasn't up until from, let's say from six years old to even i would say five because i would be dancing in front of everybody and like everyone look at me but i knew in my heart i wanted to do this for the longest time and it wasn't until i was in my 30s when i got married i was like okay something is just not lining up here Mm. it's not feeling good this can't be what i'm here for and it was just mental um It was mentally draining. And I want to use the word torment Mm. in terms of, you know, being in that industry for me, what my experience was like, and just what I was doing. It just felt, I, I just wasn't happy. I was it didn't feel aligned. I'm like, this can't be my purpose. This can't be what life purpose means. So what is that? And what am I meant to do? And I hope it's something I'm good at. And that's when I went on that journey. And then I had some, you know, paranormal experiences there that affirmed my next path. So to go back to your first point of, yes, I believe that. Like I look back now, I can think of the fond memories and how it's mm-hmm. gotten me to where I am today and how much I've, I had to go through that. It's part of my soul's evolution at that time. And now I could look back with some fonder memories, but there was a lot of healing that came out of that ab- that I had to go through after, which then helped with me coaching other people. All the stuff that you look back on and you think, it has a negative impression and memory of it, but that ends up being gold for the future in helping with now helping my clients and what they've gone through. First of all, it calls me to do the work and show up and go through that healing. And even from that experience and those tools and everything that's come out of that experience of my own personal development helps clients. But it's just funny how sometimes the things that come to you for, was in direct relation to that, which I thought had you know, I'm not that I'm coaching dancers per se, but it those lessons are brought forth and they are gold for my
1: clients now. That makes total sense. I mean the whole definition of alchemy is turning lead into gold.
2: Yes. And my husband calls me an alchemist and I go, why do you call me that? So it's it's a nice that's a nice little affirmation. I love that word.
1: Alchemy and alchemist. I love men who see strong women and magical women and aren't afraid to just name it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely like that. I'm very, very lucky for that. Yes. Yes. Awesome.
1: So you mentioned you had some other paranormal experiences. What would you say was your like kind of most impactful one? Mm. One of
2: the most impactful one, if not my favorite, to this day was actually, um, I mean, I did some other training before I went through the training with you at, at another organization. And it was the first life coaching certification I went through. And the night of my exam, I had a client coming to do my final exam. I had to just do this like case study or whatever. And, I remember it was around three o'clock between three and three thirty, And I had some time before my client came and I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to take a little nap. Come to think of it. A lot of things happen when I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> um, just as I'm talking about this, but my grandmother was in the hospital at the time and I knew it was near, near the end. We were starting to say our goodbyes and stuff, but I had this last exam and Somehow, and even my clients, like, are you sure you don't want to reschedule? And I go, something in me was like, I could do it. Like, it's almost like my grandmother was telling me, don't cancel for this. It's almost like my grandmother's like, don't cancel for death. Like, are you crazy? Like, just do this. So, anyways, I went and I took this nap. And again, I wasn't, I know I wasn't sleeping, but I had her come to me just as I was about to drift off. And she came to me in the most, she showed up in the stronger, healthier image of what we last saw her as. And I could hear her voice. I could almost like see her, feel her. She came to me and was like, remember me this way. And I said, okay, "Okay, grandma. And then she went away. I remember exactly what she was wearing and everything. She went away and I, I drifted. I'm like, I'm going to go to sleep. I slept for like 30 minutes or something like that. When I woke up, I got a text from my cousin that says grandma has passed or I can't remember. Yeah, it was a text. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember the time and it the time that she, she said grandma passed was the time she came to me. right? And so I was like, whoa, like I knew, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can just feel it still. I just love it, and I feel, I feel her near me, and just love her, love her, love, her, love her so much. And she, it was her, and it's just like I had that strength, and I was at peace. It was, it was calm. Obviously, I love her. I missed her. It, it was a sad time. I went through the grieving, but it was so, it was complete at the same time. So. Mm-hmm it was just such a beautiful affirmation and it didn't make it feel so scary during that time. Cause it was one of the first passings in our family or someone really close to, to us or me. So that was one of my favorites, but to this day, I could feel it. I could feel it like she was here. And yeah, everyone I tell that story to, they, they feel that they feel the same thing too. Yeah, and just so- such a, yeah. And then I also had somebody do a reading at, um, it's funny enough, I was teaching at a, a, a retreat and they had a medium come in and they invited me to stay. I was like, sure. I love mediums, like love mediums. And I was like, it's funny enough because I didn't really get my grandmother after she passed. Mm-hmm. So I always questioned maybe she's, at com- she's complete and like, you know, she knows a lover. We can, But I, I was surprised I wasn't getting more of these experiences once she's crossed over. And so I said, going into this, I'm like, hey, grandma, if you're here, like, let me know if you can see my kids, like see my daughter. I just had my daughter at the time. And I was sitting in the circle and I really just kind of like sat back a bit because of, you know, it was for the people who had paid, and, you know, the participants who enrolled in this retreat and the, the medium said, you have someone standing over your shoulder and she says she's really proud of you and your kids, your daughter. She said kids, but I knew I didn't wasn't even pregnant with my yeah. second. Actually, I was just pregnant with my first actually. So it was just I love those moments because I do believe there's life after death and those affirmations are just so nice to experience it but also have people affirm that for you too.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's such a wonderful kind of last parting with your grandmother, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us.
2: Yeah. No problem. I love going down those memories. And I feel like she's even here as I'm talking about it now. And sometimes she comes as a butterfly. Like I see the monarch butterflies floating by her and my grandpa. (laughs) It's
1: so Mm -hmm. interesting how people who've died like choose a thing, right? That you see. So for my father, he passed in 2020 it's sunflowers Mm. and like, it's weird. I'll be thinking about him and then I'll go out and get the mail. And like, I open a magazine and there's like a sunflower field picture in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then when he, after he died, we didn't have sunflowers in our backyard, but after he died, that's, it was, he died in April. And in may a sunflower grew up right in the middle of the backyard. Whoa. And you didn't plant that. <laughs> we did not plant that No. I now. Know. I mean, you could technically say like the neighbor four houses down had sunflowers. So like, yeah. sure. A sunflower could come get there, but why didn't yeah. it four years ago or five years ago? Why was it just this year? Yeah. And yeah. so it was very, it's, it's interesting. Cause I'll see just little, little sunflowers all over the place and yeah. it's like, Oh, there's dad saying hi yes cuz they're still
2: here in phys- in in the non-physical in, in their pu- in their purest form really so still energy here and they, that energy could translate or show up in other ways so i do feel like they're here and they can speak to us
1: in other ways mm-hmm. absolutely so what that. what have all of your paranormal experiences done for you good question a lot's coming
2: up. So I'm just thinking of how to like convey this for me, it affirms a deeper knowing. And I think since I was a little girl, or I know since I was a little girl, I had the big questions and a deeper knowing of there's something more here. Why am I here? There's a purpose. There was, I feel like I remember things from past lives or I can tune in to more than what everyone is saying or what meets the eye. So those paranormal experiences affirm that there's something more, there's something greater, there's something beyond. Mm -hmm. And also just affirms just how beautiful this orchestration of life is. um, And that we're not alone and that we're supported and that things are in divine order, even with, tragedies I don't quote unquote tragedies and and struggles um and there is a way there is a way um, and it's very calming to know so it doesn't feel like you're alone and if you feel like you're alone to me that's very depressing like for me there was a moment where I didn't believe in all of this and I had to go through that to get to this point I didn't believe in God and I grew up as like Roman Catholic. And I questioned everything. I threw away everything, and everyone laughed at me. But I had to go through that to understand that there is something more. So um, my new favorite show right now is Life After Death with um, what's his name? Oh gosh, i is just slipping my mind. Tyler Henry, love him. So he reads. It's, he reads um, spirits. He's a medium. And so when I hear those things, it's like. I guess I was always intrigued about death as well and what that really means. But when I hear about like when people do readings or I could witness that or even experience it for myself, it just affirms that there's something greater and peaceful and loving behind all of this. And there's something to lean into it, even when there's, when times do get challenging and and tough here on earth. Yeah. That's that's how I feel
1: that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So you said that you've had, you know, several different kind of lucid dreaming experiences. Is there maybe one more you'd like to share with the listeners?
2: Hmm. Yes. Let me think. Well, a couple of things too. Um, it's not so much a dream, but tuning in, I I tend to tune into babies quite a lot. I did it with both my kids before they were here in the physical. Like I, I knew when my daughter was in my belly before anything was affirmed and people were like, Oh, well you got to like slow down and maybe get the test and let the doctor from like, no, I know because I've been talking to her. So there was a different connection from when she was on, she was just in the non-physical And Mm -hmm. same thing with my son, then when they were in the physical, um, in, when I, they were my tummy and sorry, go ahead.
1: How did you experience that in terms (laughs) of having communication in the non-physical with them?
2: I think meditation helps me with that in my deeper connection within myself and with source, but I could just tune into the energy. I just breathe into it and I could just ask like, are you here, like spirit baby? Like, are you coming? And what's going on? Like, with my son, I felt like he took a you know, in human terms, took a little longer, but he's here in divine time. But there's a moment of like, are you coming? Is this gonna happen? And it's just like, not, it's not time, mom. So, the way I feel is like I, I literally just feel almost like an energy here, mm-hmm. like always near to the side here. And I remember distinctly, even on a walk, and it was almost like he came closer and closer. And then there was a time where I couldn't connect because he was here in the physical, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I could sense it here. And when it's in the physical, it, I could connect, but it was different. And I also know when there was a process going on in, in with his physical being, which almost like sometimes like just be with it and not trying to communicate it with it. So it's only almost like telepathically. Sometimes I could communicate, um, and another example of that is like for my daughter. So I have a daughter and son. I know I'm going back and forth about my daughter. So my daughter was mm-hmm. born first and then my son came last year. Um, and then the first time going for an ultrasound and they didn't hear a heartbeat, but I just knew she was here. And as a first time mom, and I, if, and I, you know, if this is triggering for anyone, I Understand. I send you so much love because it is it, it is hard for some people, and I understand that. Um, so when they said it in here, heartbeat, you, your first reaction would be like, "Oh my God, is everything like Oh my God, maybe the baby's not here." But I just had this calm calmness and knowing, like everything's fine. But the way that the technician, she had no bedside manner, was just like, "Well, I don't know why you came so early." First, she was acting like there's no baby here, and mm-hmm. then I was like, pretty sure. And she's just like, "Well." it's not to say it's not here. She eventually ended up getting softer, but it. it's like, you just need to wait a couple more weeks before you come back. Mm. But anyways, I went, I remember going to the washroom and then kind of like washed up and whatever. And I talked to her, my daughter, and I was like, are you here? And is it a boy or girl? And she's like, I'm here, mommy. I'm a girl. And so I knew everything that everyone's going to end up telling me. I right. We're going to affirm. I was like, I already knew. Right. So it was just like, the way I've experienced it, I just call it up and I just tune to it. I feel it. Everything is silenced and I really trust it. And the more I lean into that and listen to it, them or the energy, um, the more it's affirmed. Also, I just, I just trust it. I don't know how to explain that. I just have this trusting knowing about it. Then I trust mm-hmm. what they're saying. And it, yeah, it's affirmed in the physical Um, so that's sort of like how I experience it. And even now when they're here and they're not feeling well, I literally, and sometimes, especially my son who can't speak yet, obviously he's only, um, I shouldn't say obviously, but he's six months can't speak yet, but I can just tune in like what's going on. And it's like his tummy is hurting and then I'll help him with his tummy. And then when that's relieved, he's happier. So it's like tuning
1: into energy is really what it just comes down to. Right. And just, that makes total sense. So I was living with a girlfriend of mine while I was having a house built and she was pregnant and her child and I just, we were like connected and I knew he was going to be a boy. And I knew he was just going to be like the most adorable little thing. Mm-hmm. And he came out and we were like, I know I knew him some somewhere, right? Yes, Cause he could telepathically communicate with me. Yes. And so I would tell her, I'm like, he doesn't want the peas. He's going to throw the peas around. He wants peaches tonight. And she's like, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I was, and I mean, we have, you know, until he got to the stage where he wasn't like in that energy anymore, you know, cause yeah. they kind of grow out of it. They, you know, spend time mm-hmm. with their friends and stuff, but yeah, he would come down and like crawl in bed with me you know, Mm -hmm. like, and he would want to snuggle with me. And she's like, this is Mike. And she's like, I had your kid. She's like, I had your kid for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, thank you. I didn't have to go through
1: the labor. I was like, yeah, I love this, but we would sit and have, and, and we would sit and have these conversations at the dinner table. Cause you know, I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, what are you doing? He'd be like, what are you doing?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's and you connect more because you understand energy. Like it's, it's, and you can speak at their level, you get them. And every, every, you know, everything is energy. We're all energy. And even my husband to this day will be like some with my daughter, who's almost four and has, you know, those beautiful tantrums. Some days you'd be like, how did you do it? Like, I could just diffuse it quickly. I'm like, I just understand her energy and I could just speak to her, even though she can have, the the meltdown the expression the big expressions and that's okay I can get underneath that and tune into the energy and then it's easier to to tame or or handle or alchemize you know, alchemize that's the word. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> energy it just comes down to energy and to bring it back and I'm, I'm loving these conversations but to bring it back to what you were asking is like, like how How could you tune into it? It just comes down to energy, just practicing and becoming a, a, just practicing, tuning into energy, your own energy, other people's energy. And it just keeps getting affirmed and firm and becomes easier to the point where you don't even have to try so hard. You just close your eyes, tune in. Once you silence and you connect, you can, anyone could do it. You can pick up on it.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a person. So I, to find things, I will tune into the energy of them. I have a friend who he's, he calls me a witch, but he's like, cause he'll call me. He's like, where's my wallet? And I'm like, mm, it's on the side table next to your, um, living room. And he's like, how do you do that? And I go, cause I know the frequency of your wallet. So I just tune in like, where is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like honing in on like, if, if I know the frequency of something, I can pretty much find it anywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's so true. Like even if you, you, something came up the other day about like losing kids in the crowd. And I thought I was like, Oh my God, what would I do? Like just panic was set in. But, um, I was first thinking in my mind, is was like, I would just tune into my daughter's energy and I would know exactly. <laughs> Hopefully this never happens, but if it does energy, you're so right. I'm going to try You do that with food, right? Yeah. I do that with like, where should we go? do I even want to be, should I want to, do I want to be around this person? Should we go to this restaurant? What do I want to eat? Should we go down this road? Um, and just tuning in to that energy, just, it'll guide you to what feels good and more of what feels good. I believe.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I loved hearing your stories today, Minerva, and Thank I'm you. just curious, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today before we close? Mm, around energy <laughs> well around your any mystical experiences you've had or anything you know paranormal mystical galactic
2: mm. um the only thing that came to mind as well is uh, we may have shared this we did share this in the summit but also another one of those out of the world experiences is when you facilitate that meditation and you unfolded the school um which i discovered the school and did we talk about that at the beginning already well a little bit a little yeah. bit yeah but that was another one of my favorite like to me paranormal um like supernatural type feeling of um you know receiving this message and acting on it and yeah, that was just one of my favorite ones as well. And you had a big role in that. So thank you.
1: You're very welcome. I love leading meditations and I tend to channel them. So one of the things that, that I found that just comes very naturally to me is I'll just tune into a group, you know, Mm. or an individual. And I close my eyes and the words just start coming out of my mouth Mm. and they build something that, and there's an energy with that right yeah. so like we were talking about i cuz i can just sort of feel it and i am trained in neurolinguistic programming so there's a way that i speak which is also designed to be more calming and to kind of put people in a little bit of a trance so that they can mm-hmm. go deeper but when i'm channeling i'm not thinking about that skill set right i'm right. just kind of allowing it to come through And build those things. And, and I do love what happens when I do those meditations, because I I almost see them as being activations for people to open up to what is already within them. Yeah. I'm not putting anything there. I'm not like going here. This is what you should do. I'm really just evoking from them what is already, you know, in their soul seed.
2: Yeah. Yeah same thing with me like when I every time I write a meditation I can write one or even if I when I'm experiencing one, I try to put it on paper it's different every time and whether I'm reading off of something I created it always whether you know it's always a download from source it's like a co-creation and so it's not really of my own it's always a co-creation and it changes every time and it's tuning into what needs to be said in the moment what is the message mm-hmm. um You know, what needs to flow through me? What does the other person want to hear? And every time I tune in and if I, if I get into my head as I'm leading or even if I'm teaching and the minute I drop into the energy of, and and of connecting to source energy, even to lead it, the right thing, the quote unquote, right thing is said and it leads to that aha or expansion or what is needed in that moment. So yeah, just. I like the process of that and what meditation does to get you there.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have had you here today. Thank you for being my guest and to my listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another Adventures in Mysticism. And until then, you know, go out and have your own supernatural adventures, whatever those may be.
0: Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. To go on more journeys with Leia, subscribe now. To step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive, high frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresandmysticism.com.